Touch her body, raise her up, we ask. In the powerful name of Jesus, we speak life, health, and wholeness to her body. We declare that Karen is the healed of the Lord. No weapon formed against her will prosper. By your stripes, Jesus, her healing's already been purchased. We stand on your word that she is the healed of the Lord. For Leah tonight in Germany, God, we ask you to touch her, bring complete healing to her body. We just bind the spirit of fear tonight that would try to attack her and grip her heart. We bind your work. We speak life. We speak healing to Leah's body and declare that she is the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. We pray for Karen Napperstack and her son, Lord, as they've they lost a, a, a grandchild, Lord, today. We just pray, pray peace for her, for the family, Lord God, comfort and grace in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. your holy name. Father, we pray for our nation right now. God, you know the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end. You know what America needs. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, one thing that I ask is that you would make the body of Christ one in America. Make us one. Bind us together, O Lord in love. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask it, do that supernatural work in our hearts. Make us one. Lord, we pray for our president. We pray for our congressmen and senators and congresswomen. Father, we ask for wisdom. We ask for your will to be done, Lord, in this whole impeachment process. Lord, this whole, the direction of our nation, Lord, really, uh, there's so much more going on besides the impeachment. Lord, there is a, there is a, a desire for our nation to go one way or the other. Lord, we ask that, God, you would just, you'd move mightily in this land. Let there be a spirit of repentance upon this land. Father, I pray, let it, let it start in your house. Lord, let true repentance start in your house. Cleanse me, Lord God. Wash me clean. Remove my iniquity, my trespasses, my disobedience, my rebellion, my apathy, my prayerlessness, my faithlessness. God, have mercy on me. God, I pray that you would, you would intervene in this whole process. Your will would be done in the impeachment process, Lord, the upcoming election that will be here before we know it. God, we ask that you would give us the leader for our nation that you so desire. God, don't give us what we want, Lord. Give us what we need, Lord. Give us the, the individual. Give us the leaders that we need in this hour, oh God.
Remove those, Lord God, who are in the process that have no business being in the process. Remove them. God, we need you. You know, I was thinking today, there, there's a whole lot of, uh, there's some pastors, I know I meddle a lot, and uh, there's some, some pastors who are very political. I mean, there's some pastors that are known for, you know, Jerry Falwell was very, very political. And, uh, you know, Robert Jeffress down in wherever he's at, down south, he's, he's very much political. Uh, and I'm not saying that's bad, but I think uh, you need to understand that when we look at Scripture, I, I just go back to the disciples. Look in the book of Acts. And when they were being persecuted for speaking the name of Jesus, Okay. And, and, and when they were being persecuted for that, uh, put in jail, flogged, don't say that name anymore. Smack them on the back several times and beat them up. And, and they counted it an honor to be suff- to suffer for the name of Jesus. And they were told, don't you say it again. Don't speak in that name. And I'm, I, don't, I don't know what's politically correct anymore don't much care, but all I can do is speak about him, whether it's right in your eyes or not. Hello, somebody. That's the attitude we must have. It's, it's in love. It's not in rebellion. It's not in disobedience, but you need to know that Jesus is not going to conform to the American way. So you need to know where you stand and you need, it's not about it's not about naming sins. It's not about uh, judging people. It's not. But this is what Jesus says, and this is how we are to live. This is how you have eternal life. This is how you have eternal damnation. And if 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 you call if you call sin uh, truth and you call you know righteousness a lie, I just got to tell you, I'm I'm with righteousness. Okay, that's where I have to stand. Hello. And, you know, it, it's going to become more and more prevalent that you're going to have to make a stand. And, and you're, going to have to, you're going to have to stand firm upon the solid rock of Jesus. It means you've got to know his word. You've got to know him. You have to have communion with him. And one of the things I want to talk about just for a little bit, if you allow me to tonight, is I want to, we've talked about faith quite a bit. And I want to talk about the flip side just a little bit. Because I'm thinking about uh, Luke's sister, Leah. She's in Germany and still having a lot of health issues. And, and I don't understand all that because we pray and we fast and we, we ask God. And they're, they're, I'm not saying this is Leah's situation because I don't know. I've told Terry, I said, I don't understand why she's not being healed of this. I'm just being honest with you. I've suffered with this stuff for years. And it's, it's, it hinders, it, it binds you, it, it, it locks you up, it keeps you from being who you're supposed to be in Christ. And, and, uh, but I will say that some healings are connected to our repentance. Much healing is kept connected to our forgiveness and release of those who have offended us and hurt us in the past. There are a lot of people that have, a, have sickness and stuff that just doesn't go away and it's because they still are holding something against someone else. Could be a parent, could be a, a relative, somebody, somebody hurt them, offended them, and it's real. I'm not, it's not made up, it's real. 
but that forgiveness and release of them can open up the floodgates of healing in our lives. Uh, but fear will grip us in a way, and I'm thinking of Leah because she's got to fly home from Germany, and what happened on the way over there, I'm sure in her mind and her heart, she's fearful that she's going to have some type of attack on this long flight home. Fear is one of the greatest, if, if, it's, if, if the enemy has any tool at all or weapon at all, it's fear. He wants to put fear in your heart so you don't move forward, so you don't believe God, you don't trust God, and you really don't live out your, your purpose. Uh, we know 2 Timothy 1, 7, that God's not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Everybody say, power, power. Love, love, a sound mind. That's what God has given you as a believer. Okay? That's what God has given you. The enemy wants to strike fear into your heart so you don't operate in the power of Christ, the power of the Spirit. Hello? Fear will mess with your mind. It'll, you'll spend so much time thinking about things that probably will never, ever happen because the enemy strikes you with fear. And instead of being 14 miles down the road in faith, you're stuck in a ditch in fear. And he's laughing all the way. God does not give a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Fear hinders faith, but faith destroys fear. It's a, you know, just going to say this. There's some things that we deal with in life in our walk with Christ because we choose it. We choose to walk in fear. Or we choose to walk in faith. We choose to walk in forgiveness or we choose to harbor bitterness, anger, resentment, hate. See, oftentimes we get stuck on, you're going to find in scripture, it's interesting to me, we talk about all types of sins that are on the outside that we see that you're going to go to hell because of that. Doubt is at the top of the list. Unbelief. Why did some of the, why did a generation of Israelites die in the wilderness? Somebody shout it out. Unbelief. What's attached to unbelief? Doubt. Fear. Two guys said, yeah, there are giants over there, but have you seen the size of the grapes? There's the size of Bob's head. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, the fruit is massive. Yeah, there's giants over there, but God told us that was ours. Two guys said, let's go get it. Ten guys said, y'all fools. You stupid for doing that. They were locked up in fear, doubt, unbelief. Hello, are y'all with me tonight? See, the enemy does not want you moving forward. He knows what's inside of you, but sometimes you don't know what's inside of you. You forget what's inside of you. Who's inside of you? Mm. Fear is believing something bad. Fear is actually the opposite of faith. Fear is actually faith in something you don't want to happen. Just as we use the word faith to express believing something good, we use the word fear to express believing in something bad. Doubt is a form of fear. Remember when Peter was walking on the water? 
As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, and he had faith in Jesus, he was walking on water. Can you, I mean, can you imagine this? I mean, these guys, the other guys in the boat, they saw this. They saw him jump out and just start walking to Jesus out on the water like I'm walking like this. Huh. And then what did Jesus say to him when he sank? And Jesus picked him up. That's a good thing to know that when you sink, Jesus doesn't just let you sink. He always has, has his hand extended to pull you out. That's the good news of the gospel. He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? A moment of doubt could steal your destiny. A moment of doubt could keep you from the promise of God in your life. Doubt is a form of fear. Faith is built on information from God. Who's got a Bible? Hold it up. I didn't bring my Bible in here. I'm reading out of my notes. Okay, that's God's word. Okay, my faith is built on what God said. Whatever he said is truth. That's what I build my life on. That's where I get my faith. Faith is built on information from God. Fear is built on, hear me carefully. Fear is built on information from Satan. Information from the demonic realm. Hello? Fear is built on information from, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, forgive me, I know Thanksgiving's coming up, but fear is built on information from your family. You always got to a family member and say, well, you can't do that. You did a baby at a family. You can't do that. You're stupid for even thinking about that. Who do you think you are to do that? Huh? You crazy. You cray cray. Fear is built on information from your neighbors. Fear is built on information from your doctor. I'm on metal just a little bit. Fear is, is built on information from the newspapers, from CNN, from Fox, from you name them. Weather reports. <laughs> My mom will call me. What's the weather doing out there? I remember this true story. We were on vacation once. We were coming back home, and we are going through. There was a, there was a, a part of... Uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, we're on our way to Florida, and there were a lot of tornadoes happening. I mean, we missed some, and it was like, it was like, oh, Jesus, why did I decide to go on vacation this week, you know? And uh, my mom, you know, every 30 minutes, how's the weather, son? Are you guys doing all right? Did you already give it? It's like, stop that, you know? Because she knows that whatever we get here in Indiana, they're going to get in in a couple days. <laughs> it's just crazy. So I knew she was calling. The kids were small. And they're in the back, and, and uh, her name shows up on my caller ID. And, so, and I said, kids, watch this, watch this. And uh, I said, I hit, I hit, you know, to answer it. And I'm like, oh, 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 my God, look at the cars flying. I've never seen horses flying before. I can hear my mom going, oh, oh, oh. And the kids are dying, and my wife she doesn't, but she's looking at me like, you're dead. You are dead. And I'm like, what's up, mom? She hung up. Literally didn't talk to me for about a month. Oh, she was so mad. 
But weather can put fear in your hearts. Why would you move to, to Nebraska? Don't you know that that's Tornado Alley? 20 years, I ain't seen one. I'm not knocking on wood. I'm just saying I ain't seen one. I, I, I just lied because I did see one. I saw one. But it'll strike fear in you. Are you all with me? It's depending on where we get our information from. I'm just trying to help you out a little bit. Can I tell you, both faith and fear will motivate you. They will cause you to move. Faith from, in God's word will enable you to move forward, causing you to step out in faith and act on God's word. Lisa, I'm not going to tell everybody what you gave me Sunday, but you need to know, because I've got a picture of it on my phone, okay? And I looked at it again the other day, but of, of the vision, uh, of God gave her something that she's supposed to do. And, and Lisa, you don't know some other stuff. So when you gave me that on Sunday, it built my faith. See, God's timing is perfect. God's timing. When God speaks to us, sometimes stuff doesn't happen the next day. That's where we lose faith. We doubt, well, he didn't, it didn't show up, so I guess, oh, they, somebody else has an offer on that, so it must not be ours. The devil is a liar. Whatever the situation is, are you all with me? What did God say? You stand on what God said. And Lisa tells me something on Sunday, has no idea what I've been praying about, has no idea what God, I feel like God has said to me. And I'm just going to tell you publicly this, that that's part of what he told me. See, that's why we need to understand that, 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 that a church is not just a place to come sing some songs and go home. But God's connected us because there's stuff that you're going to do that I need to help support. And there's stuff that we're doing that we're all to be connected to to make a difference for the glory of God. And there's different gifts in the house that God has put in the house. And the, the, the real purpose is for us to train you up for works of ministry so you can fulfill your calling and bring glory to the Lord. Grow and, and mature in your faith. Hello, somebody. Mm. Faith from God's word will enable you to move forward and act in faith. Fear will cause you to move, but in the opposite direction. Fear will cause you to run away. Think about this. What did, what did little David, he I don't think he's really little, I think he was a, a I think he's a teenager when he fought Goliath. But the cat's big, right? Nine feet tall, whatever. I mean, the dude is a, a warrior, a valiant warrior. And this punk teenager comes, says, I, you know, you come with me a spear and a sword, I come at you with the name of the Lord. He didn't, he didn't David saw the whole Israelite army, whenever Goliath would come out and taunt them, they all fell back. Read the word. They all freaked out in, in fear. And David's like, we back home, tending sheep, hanging out with the women, and trying to keep things together. While y'all, you're not a warrior. You are a whiny, faithless, doubting. And, and I think David may got a little attitude, a little attitude connected to faith. He said, we need to take this dude out. Because this is not the way God's people are supposed to be acting. Hello? We're supposed to be advancing, not retreating. And so David operates in faith, destroys a giant, 
and the whole army flees and they get whooped. One boy in faith. Hmm. These guys all get fired up now once they see the big guy drop and they see his head chopped off by a teenager. Now they've got faith. Well, sometimes it takes somebody to operate in faith for our faith to get ignited, to remind us, wait a minute, he is our God. We are victorious. We need to move out. We need to take this territory. You'll run from your problem if you operate in doubt and fear. To be in flight from the enemy means that the devil is on the offensive chasing you when in fact we're supposed to be chasing him. Chasing him out of here. This is not his territory. Fear will cause you to run. Hear me tonight. I got about 15, 20 minutes. I'm going to try to pack this in here. Fear will cause you to run to the doctor. You got a little owie. You don't go to Jesus, you go to the doctor. Man, I'm telling you, that's why I love friends like Pastor Patrice Gabore and some of our friends from other countries. They don't have the, they don't have the convenience or the option to run to the doctor every time there's a problem. No, what they do is they get on their knees, they begin to call on God, and we wonder why God performs miracles for others around the world. It's because they put their full faith and trust in God. There's nothing wrong with doctors. Luke was a physician, okay? But our first, our first turn ought to be to the Father and His Son, Holy Spirit. Speak to me, guide me, give me wisdom. See, fear will cause you to run to the finance company. You need some money. And instead of operating in God's way, we run to the world's way. It's like there's some, some young, young people that I've told in the past, and, and young ladies especially, because I hate it when, when especially young single ladies or even you know, some of the older single ladies, they go by and have anybody take them to buy a vehicle, and then somebody takes advantage of them. Hello? Anybody going to take advantage of Keisha? She, she knows her stuff. Okay. Uh, it's like we've told some, Terry and I have told some young ladies before, you know, are they looking for a vehicle? I said, you don't, just don't, don't go buy a new thing like that, you know. You can get a good used car, you know, and, and perhaps pay cash for it or get it paid off really quick and don't, and then they go off and they do something total opposite, you know, because the bank would loan them money. Hello, somebody. We need to turn to the Lord. I hope I'm talking to somebody tonight. Amen. See, faith will cause you to run to God, then run towards your problem like David and destroy your problem. That's what faith does in your heart. Both faith and fear will produce something in your life. You need to understand that. Because if you operate in fear, you're sowing seeds that are going to bear fruit at some point. It's going to produce something. It's going to continue to produce something. Hello? Remember, your words are seeds. What, what kind of seeds are you, are you spitting out there? What type of seeds are you sowing? If it's, if it's seeds of fear, that's going to keep coming back. Somebody said the other day, they were, the, the shooting that took place, and, and horrible, the, the high school shooting, I think it's in California, was it? The boy shot, I think two other people died, and there was four wounded, something like that. And we need to take the guns away from everybody. I just let them ramble on for a while. I said, friend, I'm just telling you, we are reaping what we've sown. Because when we have no respect for life, and we decide that I want to go out and have a little shimmy, shimmy, shoo, shoo with you know who, 
but I don't want the responsibility of what's produced from our little shimmy, shimmy, shoo, shoo. So we just get rid of that little thing. Because it's just, it's not, it's not a life. Hello? But that's what the culture, the world has told us. Just get rid of that problem. And then we demand to have the right women's health care. That's not women's health care. That's killing a baby. Hello, somebody. Some of y'all didn't come to get that tonight, but that's what you got. And when we do that, Danny, when we say that's, that's okay, why would we... Why would we yell at God and why would we pick it in the streets because some kid goes to school and shoots people up? We've sown to the wind. We're reaping the whirlwind. We've decided kids don't need, we can get rid of them. Some of y'all are just looking at me nuts. But we need to understand if we sow those seeds, we are going to reap a harvest. And some of the things that we're seeing happening in our country now is just stuff that was sown 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and now the harvest is coming forth. Some of y'all don't know who Red Skelton is. You just need to look him up on YouTube. Let him talk to you about the Pledge of Allegiance and let him just walk you through that. Hello? And think about the days of old. You know, we didn't have it all together. We have, we've always had our problems. There was a point, there was a part and a time in our history where God was honored and respected. The house of God was honored and respected. Now it's not. We have to, as the body of Christ, we have to restore that. I better move on because some of you are not happy with me right now. Faith will produce the desired outcome of God's word. Fear drives out faith. But faith will conquer fear. I want to talk about a few things here real quick. Try to, you need to master fear or it will master you. 1 John 4, 4, you are from God, little children. Who are we from? Oh, say it like you know it. We're from God. And have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. See, fear keeps people in bondage to sickness. Some people are afraid to ask for healing for fear they won't receive it. Some are afraid of the new, listen, some are afraid of the new responsibilities of life that they would have if they suddenly became healthy. I'm going to just say that again. See, some are afraid to ask for healing because they're afraid they won't receive it. Then some are afraid of the new responsibilities in life that they would have if they suddenly were healed and became healthy. Fear is a crippling taskmaster. I want to talk about worry just to make. I'm just going to talk about a few things real, real quick. A fearful person is anxious and constantly wondering what terrible event will occur next. You ever been around that person? You know, I'm not going to say it. It's on my mind, but I got to stop. See, when you fear, you can't trust God. When you give room to fear, you, you push faith aside. We've got to choose faith. God wants you to cast all your cares on him. Cast all your anxieties on him. I'll be honest with you. There was a time in my life uh, when we were, I don't know how long we've been married. The kids were very small. But I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating one bit. When we would travel, we drove a lot. We still drive a lot. But when we would go across bridges over rivers, I would have panic attacks. Almost like I couldn't breathe. I was fearful that the thing was going to fall in the river. 
because I'm not sure our construction workers knew what they was doing when they, you know. You ever been across the Skyway Bridge in Tampa, Sarasota? It's like 11 miles long. I remember I was with, and maybe this is where it, maybe I'm having a breakthrough tonight. Maybe this is where it all began because I was a young boy. I remember this now. This is like, hey, I think I'm just having a breakthrough. I remember going across the Skyway Bridge. We were visiting family, and we got to the very top of it, and a whole section on the other side was gone at the top. A ship had hit it, and it was damaged. Some cars fell in. I was probably 9, 10 years old, and we went across, and I saw that, and I'm like, put the pedal to the metal, Mom, get us across this thing. It was, I think it was 11 miles long over water. Those, those fears, they can cripple you. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Father, I, this thing's scaring me. Lord, I need your help. You are Jehovah Shalom, my peace. I need your peace right now. You said if I would call upon you, you would hear and you would answer. And you'd show me great and mighty things. Show me some mighty things that this bridge is going to hold us up. Hello? But casting that on him. Y'all with me tonight? The enemy wants to strike us with fear. Philippians 4, 6, you might jot that down. Here it is. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I love this. We don't just ask. We don't demand, we don't command God to do anything. We command demons. We ask God, we command demons. We need to get that straight right now. There's a lot of preachers commanding God to do stuff. We don't command God. We ask God. And it's all done with thanksgiving. What's he saying? Ask, go ahead and thank me now. Because I'm answering right now. When we ask, when we call on God, he's immediately at work. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. Hello? Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Philippians 4, 6. Worry is a product of fear and a hindrance to our faith. Are you all with me? We eradicate worry by casting our burdens and our cares upon the Lord and leaving them there. Receiving from him in return his provisions. You need tonight, you need to trust and know that God is faithful to his word. He will be faithful to his word. Count God's promises, not your fears. I remember when I was a little boy, my, my dad was in and out of our lives and then he was gone. And I would... I would Pretty much cry myself to sleep every night. I want my dad to come home. I want my dad. God, send my dad home. And there was a point where I read in the Psalms where, where David wrote, and he said, God would be a father to the fatherless. And instead, honestly, instead of crying every night, from that point on, I began to just say, God, your word says you would be a father to the fatherless. Be my daddy. And I, I, honest to God, there were times when you have father-son basketball events at school. And my brother or somebody would have to come. You know, and, and there were times when that bugged me, but then there was a point when I started standing on God's word, he started filling a void. I had a different perception of my dad because I was dependent on him, not on him. And he truly has been a father to the fatherless. He's faithful to do that. Amen. And I'm thankful. Death. If you look at Revelation 21.8, the cowardly and unbelieving 
and a list a bunch of other stuff. But I'm just going to say the cowardly and unbelieving because we know those who are do, do wickedness. We know those who, who are sexually immoral. We know all those people. We ain't them people. But are we cowardly and unbelieving? Because the scripture says, Revelation 21.8, it says that uh, the cowardly and unbelieving will take their part in the lake that burns with fire. Hmm. Which is the second death. We need to choose to be full of faith and not unbelief. Hmm. Remember Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everything we do has got to have faith acting in our lives. God's going to, everything that we need to do to please him is going to have to have our faith to get us, to, enacted to get us to that place God has for us. Are you all with me? Does that make sense? I maybe didn't say that clear enough. See, cowardly or fearful head the list of those who are going to hell. Well, it ought to be the murderers. It ought to be the, no, it says cowardly and unbelievers. Hmm. Those who are afraid to trust Jesus for life will have to be without him for eternity. Whew. That's something to ponder. I don't get to preach this Sunday. Y'all come back. I'm going to be here, but I got a special guest this Sunday. So I'm, gonna, I'm just trying to, I'm just unloading tonight. Uh, let me, let me, this is a good, good thing maybe to close on right here. Uh, let's talk about our self-image. We need to know who, whose image have we been created in? See, when I look at Danny, I have to say, and I know you already know this, but I'm looking at a reflection of the father. He's handsome, isn't he? Isn't he? You just, you guys, you're so in love. When I see Curtis, I have to see God. See Lisa. Go all around this room. When I look at you, we're created in the image of God. Think about this. Racial divide, uh, economic divide. Uh, you name the things that divide us, uh, the social things that divide us. Really what we're doing is we're pushing God out. I don't like you. Well, then you don't know God. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, boils, it boils down to that. It says, because when I push you aside and I, I have awe against you, I, you really, you need to take that to the fight. You got, you got problems with him. I'm just kind of being transparent tonight. I didn't plan on doing this. But I'm having those moments, Sandy. I'm having these, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are really good therapists, I'm telling you tonight. But Terry can tell you this. I remember a time where I, I, I was struggling by the relationship with my dad as an adult and raising the kids and just all those things. And uh, I remember sitting at my, my desk in Indiana, and I'd been, I'd been just, her father had passed, and he was the guy who really, I could look at him. He was a, he was a, a, he was a good businessman. He was an incredible father. He was at all the kids' events. He was a good husband, provided for his family, cut the grass really nice, knew, taught me how to grill. You know, I mean, just those things that you, man, I need somebody show me how to be a man. Somebody show me how to be a dad. Somebody show me how to do this. You know what I'm saying? Let me watch you. And then he was gone from our lives like that. And so I'm dealing with all this stuff. I remember I wrote a letter to God one day. And Terry was teaching a class, and they were at recess out on the 
out in the playground area, and I could see them. There was a school at our church. And uh, I'm typing, looking out the window. All of a sudden, I had this breakthrough. I'm not mad at her dad for dying. I'm not mad at my dad for leaving me. I am flipping. I wish I could use the words in church. I was mad at God. You did this. You took them all away from me. You got me in this position. And all of a sudden, I just broke. And I was like, God, forgive me. All this time, I've been mad at you. And so she's out there with, I think she's got first graders or second graders. I don't remember what they were. But I scared to live in daylights out of them. I come running out on the playground, bawling like a baby. I'm free. I figured it out. I'm not I'm mad at God. And he set me free. And she's like, hold up. You know, and I'm just looking like a madman. Ah. But coming to the place where I could be honest with God. Hello, somebody. Are y'all with me? We have to come to those places where we're honest with him. My self-image is because of Christ. Fear causes you to see yourself. Listen to this. In Numbers 13, 33, remember they're going in to look at the land. We saw the sons of Anak there. We became, listen, they were so big. as it. We were like grasshoppers to them. We were like. Fear causes you to see yourself like a grasshopper. To not have the proper image of who you are and whose you are. When you see yourself as a grasshopper, listen to me. Grasshopper is something you step on. And other people see you as a grasshopper and they step on you. Hello, somebody. Locusts and grasshoppers were meant to be eaten. Maybe you didn't do this, but back in the day, they roasted them and salted them. And the spies said, we're going to be meat for the giants. They had a bad self-image of who they were. They, you know, two of the spies knew who they were. I'm made in the image of God. We are, the, we, are, we are sons of the Most High God. And our daddy said, this is ours. And they knew who they were. And they said, Let's, even if it's just the two of them, they said, we're going to go take that land. But the rest of them said, no, we'll get squashed. We'll get beat up. We'll get eaten alive, so to speak. They saw themselves as grasshoppers being eaten by the enemy. From God's point of view, the enemy is the grasshopper. We need to understand that. David saw the giant as a grasshopper. So I'm going to kick your hind end right now. Watch this. Hello? You coming at me like that? I'm going to show you how it's done right here. We need to have faith to know that when God asks us to do something, we can do it because he said so. Hello? Not because of our own abilities, but because of his ability. They would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels were innumerable, and they came into the land to devastate it. Judges 6, 5. Listen, I'm going to try to close with this. Satan is like the grasshopper. He plants a little egg of fear inside of us. Fear is like, you'll always be clumsy. <laughs> you'll never make it. You can never do that. I remember I've told this a million times, but it's, it's our testimony. You know, Jackson was told over and over again, he'll never be able to work in the White House. You'll never be able to work in the State Department. You'll never have that job. 
because your daddy's not this. You're, you know, you don't have money. You're, you didn't come from the right side of the tracks. Hello? And he's done all of that. See, the enemy wants to put those seeds of, those eggs of fear in our life to say, you can never own a business. Your mom and dad never owned a business. Who do you think you are? You can never be a preacher. Look at where you were. That's exactly why you can be a preacher. Because God likes to take and turn things around. And he likes to, this, you may not like this, but he likes to take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. It's what he does. It's what he does. Then the egg hatches and begins to chew on you. We know that God got rid of the grasshopper several times by sending a strong wind and by blowing them away. He will do the same for all of us if we'll let him. The wind of the Holy Spirit will blow all those fears away if you will expose your fears to him and let him have control of them. Joel 2.25 tells us that this is what God will do. He'll restore. You might jot that down. Joel 2.25. God will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. See, man, sometimes we think we've messed up so bad in the past, there's no way I can be down the road like everybody else or what, what I feel like God said. There's no way I can. No, 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 no. God will restore what the enemy has eaten. He'll restore to us. Mm. He says in Joel 2.25, I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The creeping locust, the stripping locust, and the gnawing locust. I think I've been familiar with all of these stinking locusts. My great army which I sent among you. God says, I will make up to you for the years that these things have destroyed in your life. That is God's promise for you. That's just not something for the old covenant. That is God's promise for you. When we turn our lives over to him and we begin to live in faith, God can begin to restore and do things in our lives that will blow us away. If we walk in faith, I could ask around this room, can you believe you, that you are where you are today, knowing what your past was? That's why I sing the song we did at Sunday, I want to thank you. When I think of where I used to be and where I am today, I'm amazed at how he's changed my life. Forever I'm going to say, I want to thank you. Can you just stand your feet to me tonight? Maybe just lift your hands heaven and say, God, I just want to thank you for how far you've brought me already. I want to thank you that you're restoring the years. All that the enemies tried to take from me, God, you're restoring. You're making new, God. You are redeeming the time, God. You are doing a fresh work in my life. Help me to walk in faith. Lord, right now, I just lay my fears down at your feet. I lay them at the cross. Whatever your fear is, just, just whisper it to the Lord. This, this fear has been gnawing at me like a locust, and I just, I just lay it down at you. It might be fear of the future, fear that you're going to die, fear of whatever it is, just fear that you can't live this life for Christ. Whatever that is, just lay it down right now. Just tell him what it is. And Lord, I ask right now that you would infuse faith into the hearts and lives of your sons and daughters right now. The Lord, we will be everything that you want. Help us to be like those two spies, like uh, like Caleb and, and uh, Joshua, Lord God. Help us to be like them, to walk in faith. Help us to be like David, Lord, to walk in faith, Lord, to, to conquer the giants in our land. Lord, not to run from them, not to retreat, but to charge them by faith because you have told us that that is our land. Your promises are yes and amen. God, I pray your blessings over your sons and daughters tonight as we leave this place.
Your word tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. So the perfect love of Jesus that is inside of us, as we have confessed and believed upon him, that love drives out every fear. And Lord, every time that locust of fear tries to raise itself up again, Lord, help us to squash it with faith. Help us to speak your word. Help us, Lord God, to declare your promises over our lives. And we'll forever give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Together, everybody said amen. 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 If you receive the Lord's word, would you give him a clap offering of praise tonight? He's worthy. Thank you so much for coming tonight.